This episode is sponsored by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which I was lucky enough to head out to Barcelona and see being unveiled at its launch and to chat to athletes like Sharon Nakidi, who won the New York Marathon a few years ago, who does all of her easy and steady runs in this pair of shoes. And then we've set Jess from The Running Channel a very specific challenge to train for 12 weeks for her fastest, hopefully, ever 10K, which is also back out in Barcelona. Yeah, she is loving training in this shoe. And I think it's important as well because we're so lucky we get to test lots of different shoes. But we do know that some people just want that one pair that will do everything. So Jess has been doing her long runs, interval sessions, and she will be tackling the final 10K in the Under Armour Infinite Elite shoes. Yeah, big focus on endurance and a brand new foam, which provides extra energy return and looks after you on even your longest runs. So if you want to know more, head to the link in the show notes. You're listening to The Running Channel Podcast with me, Andy Badley, my slightly phlegmy co-host, Sarah Hartley, and sat over there pressing the buttons, Rick Kelsey, who today has promised never again to talk about his perineum. How are you doing? Oh, my perineum is recovered now. Thank you very much. No, you said you weren't going to talk about it. (laughs) Well, today we're going to be talking about running thoughts versus reality. My what? My what? (laughs) What? He's still going. And some news stories and answering your questions, which is always amazing. So, we should get stuck in. Yes, for everyone listening, I do sound about two octaves lower. I can't notice it until you just mentioned it then. (laughs) Can you not? No. And much like uh, your back injury, I'm sure you're not going to mention it at all. No, no, we're never going to. I had a terrible, terrible run yesterday. Oh, no. It was honestly tragic. And I think I'm going to get murdered by our videographer or editor, Ben, because I went out. I'm coming to the end of this 30-day challenge now. I went out to do a long run. I sounded like this. So I was like, okay, I'm throwing all of the paces for this long run out the window. I'm just going to run to like effort and heart rate but I need somewhere flat because it's relatively fast, this long run. Yeah. And I was in the New Forest. The only option for The best place in the world, by the way. So good. Yeah. Love it. But the only option for somewhere flat was running along the road. Oh, <laughs> and it uh... is hands down the worst running location I've ever had. Like laughably bad. You won't be able to hear anything. I think I'm going to have to subtitle myself in order to be able to hear it. <laughs> oh. The view's terrible. It wasn't even that flat. It was like rolling hills. I was next to a dual carriageway. You're in a beautiful part of the world and you yeah. decided to run down a main road. Well, that is the What's irony up, Absolute shocker. I needed some I needed pavement I thought you just went horse riding for the weekend I did that yeah. was a far better experience so Saturday feeling, feeling a little bit horse Horsing. today oh, oh hello no <laughs> nothing got well, nothing the last got nothing. episode of the running channel yes. <laughs> just, just... I can't put up with them any longer <laughs> sorry um no yeah that was great Saturday easy run horse riding beautiful Sunday just the Sunday run not so good terrible Hey, I did a double run weekend. Did double, you? I know. I love how for most people that's like I ran twice in a day, whereas Andy's like, no, I went for a run one day and then the next day, day I ran again. I did it again. This is a big deal. How far? This is a big deal. I ran, I don't know, seven k on Saturday and about eight k on Sunday. Nice. So this, this is this is big mileage. You feeling sore? No, I feel good today. You're gonna have to help you out the chair at the end of this. Yeah. Hey, I, I even average just relatively a relatively quick pace on my on my Sunday one. I got all excited and I did it in the evening, which I hate. Hang on, Sarah. The, uh, what's the... what's is something up here? Yeah, what's it, happened? Are we, are we missing something? Is this something to do with a certain Spanish marathon? Oh, I, am, I, I am feeling the jitters of, of only being I don't know whatever it is five or six months out. So um, I need to do what I would always tell other people to do, which is the pre-marathon training mm-hmm. training, because I, I don't need. Don't need right now to go straight into a 16-week marathon block because I don't think I could do it. I'd be starting at too low a level. So I'm doing a 
build up for myself just to get up to a decent enough level to then do a 16 week marathon block marathon week has uh, marathon training has started yes. for a lot of people yeah. taking on berlin though so if anyone's listening when's berlin, berlin. So end of september end, end of september. september yeah and when's your one Did uh, uh first week in december oh. so i got a bit of extra time did you not find it was very windy running this weekend i did yes. i've decided that that is my least favorite condition to train in the wind the, uh, I, I would, I would, no, I'm, I'm with you. I would agree. I don't mind going out in the rain. Don't mind the rain. Yeah. Don't mind. Because I thought I also did actually two runs at the weekend. Oh. Because this, Let, oh, well, no, no. I felt special for No, I'll tell you why. Because I looked, I, I look forward in my week planning yeah. uh, about what I can get in with training this week. And I've got a certain big uh, event coming up this weekend. Right. So, which is why I, I, I've put my runs forward rather than back. Do you know what hey, I mean? We, you're, you're looking at us like I should know what this event is. What's going on? Oh, so I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but it's going to take up the whole weekend. I was like, uh, you yeah. literally haven't oh, no, told us about no, it. It's not a race. It's not a race. Is it the Open? Is it, I was like, is it your... Is it a special occasion? No, I'm going to see Bruce. Yeah, Have yeah. you forgotten his birthday? No, no, no. no, no, no. Like, I'm, going to see, I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that is a pretty big deal. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So you feeling all right now? No, I feel awful. I've got to run a really hard 5k this week come on let's keep this let's keep this light sorry yeah. 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 Really yeah. Everyone down. Down. sorry sorry We're sorry bring, but I, I suppose it's an insight into the fact that sometimes you feel a little bit rubbish and that's okay and actually yeah. my job this week is going to be to protect you from yourself yeah because you need to not push too hard when you feel like this no i'm easing off i'm just annoyed <laughs> you're annoyed Do you ever get it though when you're like i'm getting to the end i'm coming into race week and bam illness yes that, that happens so often yeah like an very <sighs> so so let's make let's make it all about me. Um, when I, when I was, well, why change the habit yeah, of a lifetime? Exactly. <laughs> but when I was competing, it might often be that you the whole year or four years is built up to one day, and then in that final week, you're just terrified of exactly what you you're get. A stomach bug. Yeah, yeah, you get something. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I pre-COVID, I I I was way ahead of it on the old hand sanitizer. <laughs> I, I really day one of lockdown yeah. started and I yeah. was like I'm way uh, well, ahead of this been, yeah. been doing this for a decade yeah I was like had a little, had a little holster <laughs> I didn't have a little holster what do you mean like a little hand sanitizer holster like I could whip it out uh, at any available opportunity oh I tell you what that was a good time but yeah traveling on a plane I was always so paranoid about that sort of stuff we used to get given yeah. like a, a battery of kind of vitamins and omega-3s and this like saline saline uh, saltwater nasal spray. Oh yeah, that you yeah. kind of just had to irrigate your nose with to wash out any pathogens when you're in. Anyway, gone off on a little tangent here. But yeah, oh, the, that was the, quite a tangent. It's normal that you, as you start to ease off, or even just mentally ease off, yeah, like when you finish work like, for a holiday or something. Yeah, well, yeah. That's, see, that's what happened. Yeah. It's a running thought, unlike a running reality, which brings us on to the subject of today's podcast. What oh, a segue! Yes. What a Hello. segue! You are listening to BBC Radio 1 with uh, Rick Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> formally. Incredible. I oh, guess yeah, so formally. Yes, running thoughts versus reality. So we've <laughs> compiled a little list. Yeah. Also do email into podcast at therunningchannel.com if this sparks any thoughts in your brain of your own running thoughts versus reality and we can do a part two. Yeah, so let's get stuck in. What's your first one? Right, my first one, race photos. <laughs> yes. I was actually chat. we were chatting to... Um, Tom, our videographer, about this, and he said a beautiful line of when you go past a photographer in a race, you think you look sick, and then when yeah. you get the race photos back, you look like you're about to be sick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nice. It's, it's so true. I think everyone, you, you do run past and you try to do what I would describe. I, so, this is related to what I'd call bus, bus stop running. 
So when you run oh, past yeah. a group of people yeah. on the bus stop on the uh, high street, yeah, yeah, yeah. you totally change. You're absolutely dying. You've been out there for ages. You're mm-hmm. sweating. You're a mess. But all of a sudden you think it's all right. One, you go loads faster. Yep. And two, you start picking your knees up pulling your shoulders back, running nice and tall, arm drive, all of the perfect, you run like Tom Cruise for like 30 seconds as you go past the bus stop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you not also do that though? Like if there's a, so this is the current argument I'm having with myself. I will be out for a run and then I'll, you know, turn behind maybe if I'm crossing a road and I'll spot that there's another runner behind me who's definitely about to come and overtake me. Yeah. I then have a chat with myself and go, look, Sarah, they could be on an interval session. They could be on a harder run than you. They could just be a faster runner than you. Just let them go by. And then just as I'm about to agree with myself, I go, no, no, (laughs) I'm not having this. And I turn probably what was an easy run, recovery run, into an all out 100 meter sprint until I can drop them. Uh, It never works. That's interesting. So I used to do my recovery runs when I was living in London, along the river in London, and there'd, there'd be loads of people running. And I had to call them, like Andy and I, my coach would talk to them, to, to refer to them as no pride running. So like you have to run with no ego. Yeah. Because I had to run at whatever my body would let me run. And people regularly steamed past me and, you know, I'd wave them off. Um, and this could have been like, That's this could have been like, cool. I like that. No pride running. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. I think yeah. everyone needs that for an Shake easy Shake it run. off. Yeah, yeah. Take job, leave the ego, do what you need to do get it done, come home. That's a great win for I them. I was one though, of those people an... running past him on the river doing heel clips. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what heel clips are. What is that? No, oh, when, you, when you leap up like, yeah, like yeah, and yeah. click your heels together. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like nice. celebrating. That yeah, was quite yeah. cool though, like out for a Sunday easy Leave run. It. How was your run? Oh yeah, just yeah. overtook an Olympian. <laughs> yeah. No one would have known probably. No. Yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's bus stop running. Um, and I think also the race, race photos or any photography always catches you on a down step. Yeah. This is my biggest bugbear is that like you always get, you're like, you know, if you look like you're almost squatting into the ground, um, they never get you on this beautiful up step with the, your you know, knee coming forwards, your arm drive, all that sort of stuff. It's always a disaster. The thing to remember though, is that that moment, which is then frozen in time, which you look at and go, oh my, do I really look like that? Yeah. No one actually ever sees that. It's only in the photo because you come out of that so quickly. So don't worry. Everyone has that photo, but in yeah. reality, no one actually cares cares or really looks like that for that long well, when they're running. I get that, Sarah, but wouldn't it be better than if we all did our photos at races before we raced rather than after? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they did a little shoot. We all like, did a little like shoot. So or go, yeah, you should go and do it. It's like, it's your red carpet moment as you're walking up to the start line to do a 10K. And you're like, well, right here it goes. I look great this morning. Oh, like everyone has to do a stride just yeah. for the photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I would love? Have you seen that that really famous camera on the red carpet where it's like a hyper slow-mo of celebrities? Mm. I think everyone runner should do that. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, Trying to do YouTube a Taylor channel. Swift. There's an amazing YouTube channel called The Slow Mo Guys that do loads of really cool stuff in yeah. slow mo. So maybe we should. I think you're onto something there, Rick. Yeah. Stop posting your post park run selfies looking like a sweaty mess. <laughs> no, do. <laughs> no, because do. that's the that's, reality. That's the magic. We're all that's about screw reality. The, <laughs> <be> your, your... <laughs> Rick, Rick okay, said so... every photo you post, I'm going to be like, was that a paid for photo shoot? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you actually look like this? <laughs> so basically, don't listen to Rick. Just put it out there because no one cares. And it's the, the reality of, of, of running, which was one of mine I'd written down, which is this idea, it's related. I think, well, maybe this is just me. You want to run and it is same as bus stop running really, but you see people, maybe they're miles away or there's a big group of people or whatever. Mm. And you think these guys really care about my run today. 
The, yeah. these, guys, these guys are definitely checking me out. So you're in their head. You think you're in their head. Yeah. Well, they're in my head probably. Yeah. But I, they're, they're, I'm like, yeah, I'm, one, I need to, I need to look good here. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I've, I've got, I've got my good kit on today. Yeah. I, I'm look, I've, I've coordinated my outfit. They're going to care. They're going to care about that for one thing. They're also going to care about my arm drive and my leg form and oh, how yeah. tall I'm running and how beautifully I'm making contact with the ground. Like a so, gazelle. Yeah, just this, this naivety of mine. <laughs> that yeah. People would care that much about what I'm doing. I've done that so many times, especially if you're going, if you're doing laps of quite a busy park and then yeah. every single time you run past someone, you might have a lap where you're thinking about yourself and yeah. going like, oh yeah, I looked great going past that person. Then have a quick think. How many people have you just run past where you haven't given a second exactly. thought to them? Maybe this is just us though. Maybe we are entirely self-obsessed. Potentially. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but but no, I think it's so true though that like if you're worrying what other people are think yeah. are thinking, you're probably not even on their radar. Well, That's what yeah. I love about track running uh, as well, is that I used to be so scared of going to tracks because I was like, Well, you're stuck in this little four hundred meter circle and everyone will be watching you. Yeah. Everyone's doing their own doing thing. Doing their own thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But do you two run with music? Sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Most of the time or sometimes. I always only have, if I've got like separate headphones on, I always only have one though. Oh really? So that I can hear. Just safety? Yeah. Like yeah. I know headphones do a really good job of, you can hear the outside, mm. but I think before that got really good, I just got so used to just having one headphone in or using like open ear headphones. Well, I just like it. I'm nosy. But Sarah, you are one of these people who can actually sing when you're not a ball of phlegm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shall well, I give you a little rendition well, today? Uh, well, no. Yeah, yeah, I think no. you've offered it. Yes, you've offered no, it. No, I don't want to. Well, if you're not going to... Oh, look, she's got a, a shout-out. Email in, podcast yeah. at com. If you'd like to have even just a little social media clip of Sarah doing uh, an acapella rendition of something. In fact, let us know what you want to hear her sing. I don't think there are many um, attributes that people have in the sporting world um, more so than runners believing that they can sing when they run. Uh, when they run oh, when I mean, they I... run and then when you stop you realize you can't I mean, the amount of times i you know i i have a few inspirational tracks when yeah. i'm getting towards the end of a race so i'm really struggling and one of them is michael bolton soul provider <laughs> how does that go uh, uh, well, well. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, I've heard you uh, in the Sixth Form Talent Show knock out uh, a, an incredible rendition of Usher's You Make Me Wanna, <laughs> <laughs> including cartwheels on the stage. Oh, oh. Why isn't there any video footage of that? There is. There is. <laughs> there is. Yeah. I think there might be of that one. Yeah. Oh. Um, but Email in podcast at runchannel.com. I do think that people believe that they can sing when they're running. I definitely can't. I, can't. I think it's I can't more sing of a thing point. though, is that you could be the best singer in the world, mm. but when you're running, it's impossible to be, like I have so much respect for singers that dance at the same time as they're doing yeah. live gigs and sing live because it's so, you're bouncing up and down, you're trying to breathe enough so that you can run. Mm. It's impossible to sing well as well which is why you need you need quantity <laughs> in order for it to sound good if you yeah. had a hundred runners all trying to sing in one go i think it would sound passable whereas yeah. rick on his own at park run michael bolton not quite as good <laughs> <laughs> i'd pay money to see it i've got another one mm -hmm. uh, running up a hill i'll explain this one mm -hmm. is that if you can feel like you're certainly i used to do hill sprints up what felt like a relatively steep hill and then would regularly watch look at photos or watch videos that my coach might have captured of us running past him up the hill. And one, it felt like we were going flat out so fast. And yeah. two, it felt like the hill was really steep. And then neither of those things were true in the video. <laughs> uh, they never seemed to be true in the video. I know that like, it's very hard to do a, a hill justice on video or on a photo. 
But even the pace that we're going at just looks so pathetic. Oh yeah, the camera flattens it out. Oh. I think the same can be said though, also for running downhill is when you get to, I definitely had this in so many races where I was like, oh, brilliant. There's a downhill coming up. This will be nice and easy. Yeah. And then you get to the downhill Oh, it's so painful. <laughs> it's yeah. so yeah. bad. Yeah, you expected that to be a rest, rest point. Actually, you'd yeah. rather have flat or a very, very gentle downhill. Yeah, but yeah. as soon as a downhill comes in, it's so, it, yeah, that eccentric loading on your, I guess, hamstrings and quads is so difficult. You also know when it's a bad speed session when you get to a downhill and you still can't hit the speed yeah. you're supposed to be hitting. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've had that the other day. I'm, I know what you mean. I'm, I'm, I'm actually scared of downhills now. I kind of tiptoe downhills now. I, I shouldn't do it. Yeah, but well, it, it's, it's increased impact on your knee joints. Yeah, so, like so yeah, I just, I'm just overly cautious still of, of kind of something popping. Ooh. Um, can we talk about poo? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I mean, no, uh, so, so we talked about Rick's excellent sort of radio style segue into stuff earlier. You just straight in with a cold <laughs> delivery. Do you have to? Well, it's a warm delivery sometimes. Oh. <laughs> sorry. My God. This is what everyone's here for. Yes. Right, sorry. I just want to do a quick little segment on wees and poos. Excellent. And this is a running thought versus reality. Yeah. Have you ever had the little running thought when you're in the portaloo before a race going like, perfect, I've got my pre-race wee in. I yep. won't need a wee for this entire marathon. Well, I've never had that thought, obviously. No, nope, never had it. Have you not? No. All oh, right. Well, I know what you mean. I, I would, I was a, I'm definitely a nervous weir even over short races. Mm. Um, so I would. And then you'll always, then you get to the start line and you're like, oh, I need a wee again. Yeah. Not and much then, you can do about it then the reverse. Yeah. Kind of. Is, it, is this the reverse? Well, what's the reverse of, go on, go on, hit me. The reverse is, oh, I don't need to go for a poo. I'll be fine. I'll be all <laughs> yes. right. I'm not going to do it. You haven't done it. And then that you get halfway a to a race and then yeah. you're like, I tell you what. I, I should have gone. <laughs> yes. Then you've got to either join the join the queue for the port to lose, hold it in, which is awful, or, you know, I've seen some people where they haven't had either of those choices become an option. <laughs> which is lovely. Honestly, please email in podcast at roundchannel.com. If anything has happened to you, this is a safe space. You yeah. can stay anonymous. There are lots of other things you can email in about as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to say. No, this, come the, on. We've got we to gotta talk about it The best bit. bit about this one minute segment yeah. was uh, professional broadcaster Rick Kelsey in the corner. <laughs> Looks like we are not talking about this. I will not get involved. <laughs> Look at his face. He's literally telling us to wrap it up as we speak. Well, I, do you want me to do one more that's not about poo? Yes. Yes. <laughs> You're so unimpressed. He's so annoyed. Um, running problem solving. This is one where, especially because we all work in running, I think we m must have that even more. But there mm. must be people as well. Like if you use running as your, right, I'm going to, today's been a lot. I'm going to go out, head out on a run. Yeah. Sometimes there can be little problems in life or there can be, I don't know, things that are playing on your mind. You get midway through a run, you hit a runner's high and suddenly you're like, bam, I've come up with the best running channel video idea in the world ever. I like ever. that. Yeah. I like that. I had this happen to me on yeah. a run recently. Me and too, I was this happens to me all the time. And your your experience is slightly different, go. So mine was, I was actually out filming this run anyway, had this eureka moment, filmed it, and was like, oh, this is so great. I'm not going to forget this. Because the other thing is you can have these eureka moments yeah. and then you get to the end of the run and you're like, I've forgotten my idea. But I filmed it, got to the end, played it back to someone else yeah. because I was like, this is amazing. And then I watched it back and was like, oh, it's really not that good. Uh, <laughs> you're too excited. Yeah, that's so you the think reality. it's a really good idea yeah because in, the, in yeah. the moment when you're running you're like wow i've like solved world peace or like this yeah. is amazing well, you've you stole my thunder a little bit my but my experience is that i feel like that happens every single run to me and i'm desperately like scrambling around for like some way of mem memorizing it like a mnemonic or something that'll trigger my memory when i get back <laughs> and i get back to home and i'm like yeah i did 
I've got no idea what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got no, I mean, this could be an age thing. This is how you're going to end up running a marathon. Yeah. Sorry, this is why you need to write it down. You know, in the middle of the night, when you have that eureka moment yes. in the middle of the night, mm. I used to have a pen and paper beside my bed, so I'd, I'd write it down. And then in the morning, you look at it so you didn't forget. This is what you need to do. You just need to give yourself a little voice note, Andy. Yeah, but how? Mm. I don't run with my phone. I admire that. Maybe you should run with a little pen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah, just a, a sharpie. No, just write it on my Write on your yeah. face. On my face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, or what's this called? A dictaphone. <laughs> I mean, you made a really what's weird gesture towards your face. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, a dictaphone. Yeah. But yeah, oh, it turns right. out that our running thoughts versus reality are very different. So if you've had any of these experiences, then let us know at podcast at theruningchannel.com. We'll read some of them out maybe in a future episode. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast. Up next, we've got your questions. Plus, we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Puma Running and their Nitro range of running shoes. Andy, you're not too good at pacing, are you? Hang on, what? what how am we I being thrown under the bus? We asked you to run a 20 minute 5k, and what time did you run? 18 minutes something. I mean, you were close. Ballpark. You, you were close. Ballpark. Better yeah. to be under than over, right? Yes, well, that's what I thought. Yeah. Well, good news for you. We require your pacing duties again. At the so end... good news for me, maybe not for anyone else who's, who's allocated to me as a pacer. Well, potentially not. I mean, you'll get a really big PB. We are <laughs> going to be running a 10K event later this year. And you listening right now have the chance to be involved. It's very, very exciting. Yeah, we want to help as many people as possible to run a PB, whatever that PB might be. It's going to be in collaboration with Puma as well. So keep your eyes peeled for how you can sign up. And don't forget that we've got the discount code of Puma TRC25 for 25% off. So head to Puma.com. Okay, coming up, we've got your questions. But first up, news story. Sarah, what have you got? A man has broken the record for running whilst being on fire without oxygen and he ran 272 metres in 17 seconds. On fire? Hmm. I don't understand. The the scientist in me then really boringly was like, we can't have fire without oxygen. But you meant the guy's not allowed to breathe, have like specialist breathing apparatus. Uh, Yeah, that's the one. Yes. Yeah, he's a firefighter turned stuntman. I couldn't find his name in the article, so sorry for that. Do we need to have a disclaimer? Don't don't try this at home. Don't try this at home. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not even sure how you would try it. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, though. People might be like, yeah, I want that. 272 metres doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, but in 17 seconds. How how far did he run, sorry? 272 metres in 17 seconds. Well, he he didn't then. So clearly, either your research or the article is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on, that's faster than than Usain Bolt, isn't it? (laughs) I'll find out my facts and I'll get back to you next week on this one. Okay, perfect. But either way, someone broke a world record for being on fire and running as far as they could, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, Yeah. look, he's on fire and everything. Running's really taken off. Andy? Okay, well, I'm going to put it out there and say that my news piece is slightly better researched. Oh, yeah, Sarah's. what you got? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether it is, actually. So it's not um, time sensitive, perhaps. It's not like a... But I saw an article in, in Stylist, which is, do you keep needing to spit when you run outdoors? So actually, this is kind of a question and an article. Do you generate more saliva when you run? Because mm. clearly, we're not just sat here now all desperately needing to spit, but... I definitely have the. I definitely have um, a propensity to feel like I would like to spit or to have my mouth kind of fill up when I'm out on a run. Mm. Even talking about it, actually. Oh well, getting that kind of. Oh no, I, you're right. Nose clearance, on the other hand, I it's not rockets. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Well, That's I think weird. we're going to get some people messaging in about this because I think we should all work out what is and isn't socially acceptable and when. But there is a little bit more to the article, which was basically just a little bit of science that the saliva actually protects against ingested pathogens. So mm. your saliva is there to kind of catch stuff as you breathe it in. Um, to Flies. A, to a point. Flies, but also pollen, uh, pollution, um, and I suppose germs as well. Okay. Oh. So it's a first line of defense. So if you're a mouth breather, 
you're more yes. likely to need to spit. Aren't we all mouth yes, breathing? Yes, you have to be a mouth breather running. when you run, right? No, some people nose breathe. No, very most people, enough. Very, not enough. You know, there was a, me and Mo did a video on this. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, there's a lot of science behind why nose breathing is good. But I don't, I, I think if you're doing I intense exercise, you can't get enough in through nose yeah. breathing. Um, but yeah, things like lower temperatures increase your body's production of saliva. So in the winter, that's why you might feel like you need to spit more. Um, exercise leads to heavy breathing, which leads to increased evaporation, which leads to a drier mouth, which means your body produces thicker, more viscous saliva, which might mean mm. you want to spit as well. I know wow. this is a lovely listen if anyone's eating while they're, yeah. while they're tuning We've into the podcast. We've covered all the covered bodily all. fluids today, yeah. haven't we, Rick? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but then that means that you, you're, you're out there running and all of those things combined might mean that you have more saliva and that it's slightly thicker and therefore you don't feel particularly that it's easy to swallow it mm. okay um, so then comes in the, the the social dilemma of can you spit should you ever spit well uh, i think sometimes you need to don't you because if you are actually clogged up it's not going to do you any good you just but need then, to make sure there's no one behind you yeah but but also i guess in the in the climate of the last few years like people mm. are pretty conscious of not spreading illnesses and germs and so on so yeah i do think you need to if you're gonna do it it mm. needs to be at the sacrifice of you're gonna have to slow down find somewhere discreet you know yeah. full pelt whilst just and phlegm's coming out of you not no yeah and it, i think there's a difference as well sometimes you just i have definitely needed to spit and therefore have spat on a run generally i'm running in the countryside and i'm on my own in the woods and that feels fairly harmless mm. doing it in a race seems a little bit different you see footballers do it all the time on the pitch right which is not very mm. nice to see mm. but it'd be the same thing they're physically exerting themselves and therefore have more thicker saliva so yeah it's uh things like wind direction can play into it i reckon if you were Anywhere near other people. Oh. Or knowing yourself. You don't want to spit directly into the wind and just get a face full of it back again. Oh, that's happened to me so many times. <laughs> okay. So spat, many times. You've spat on yourself. I, yeah. Ah. I cannot tell you the amount of times I have gone off somewhere discreet, like yeah. whilst running out, usually on a long run in yeah. the summer. I've tried to go it into a bush, the wind, blowing it right back. The worst is when it goes back in your face. What about yeah. somebody else? Getting your face oh, by accident. That would be horrible. So <sighs> I've got, uh, just I think I can, I know what's happened here is I know you would, you would check the weather forecast in detail, right? And you'd be like, okay, there's a westerly wind coming in, <laughs> but you don't believe in north, south, east and west. So, <laughs> so then as you're running, you'd be like, uh, is it, is it from the front? Is it left, right? I don't know, but we only need up, down, left, right? So there hey, we go. Hey, look, right. One, <laughs> you need to drop this. Because I only said that it slightly made sense and you keep bringing it up. But if I were to defend this method yep. and say the wind was coming <laughs> from the left, <laughs> I would know exactly where to spit Andy because I'd do this. I'd get my lefts and rights up and then I'd spit to Just the right the, if it the, was coming from the left. podcast listeners, Sarah held up both hands yeah. in an L shape of both. <laughs> both both fingers hey, and thumbs when you're out to work running, out which left was. Riddle me this. When you're out running, do you know where north, south, east and west is? No. Do you know where up, down, left and right is? Yes. That's yeah. it. <laughs> okay. But you also know where closed. port and starboard is, is as well. What is that? It's the boat directions. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, am I running on water? Stern and bow. No. No? Okay. okay. Well, I think next up we've got your questions, um, which I'm excited to dive into. But you're listening to the Running Tunnel podcast. It's question time. Firstly, I've got to thank Phil from last week, who we criticised for not putting in his note where he was from. Yeah. But actually, Phil is from New Zealand. Yeah, thanks, North Phil. or South Island, though. Oh, it's, is it, on, or is it Phil. the up or the down island? Up or Sarah? down island. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you both. Uh, Phil, you're great. 
Okay, going left a bit from uh, New Zealand to Australia. Cece from Sydney has emailed in to say, I've got a question on recovery and exhaustion after my long runs. I'm currently training for my first half marathon and I've scheduled my long runs for Sunday and generally try to do them first thing in the morning. When they're longer, I try to eat before, take on nutrition during and eat well after. But she's absolutely knackered after her long run. Is this level of exhaustion normal? Post long run, my movement is limited to the occasional walk, couch, fridge, and bed. So what's going wrong here? Without extra information about how long that run is relative to mm. what she's ever done before, or like how much else she's doing the, during the week, it's actually really hard to say. But as a relatively new runner, even experienced runners, their longest run of the week is hard. And that was the only run of the week where I didn't do another run during the day. Yeah. And I would have felt exactly how she felt. Like I was, I was done for the day. So I think it doesn't matter how far you're running relative to someone else who might be running you know, a really long way. If it's the longest thing that you do, it's going to be going to be pretty hard. Sarah, does it jump out to you? A lot of people do their long runs on a Sunday. Could you maybe change the day of the long run? It depends. I mean, if you've got enough energy to do the run itself, mm. then I would say just maybe shift how you're looking at that Sunday. Like you're mm. giving yourself, if you have, the time to be able to <laughs> do the couch fridge bed which is an elite combination I love doing that after a run I personally would say like I've done a lot of long runs on Sundays or Saturdays and I do kind of surrender the rest of the day to recovery because you've gone a long way it might be the longest you've ever run and then it is important to get some recovery in obviously yeah. keep moving don't completely just sit or lie still for the rest of the day because you yeah. might then get up and feel a little bit stiff but there's no there's nothing wrong in going, okay, I'm going to have one day a week where I'm prioritizing my run in the morning, which might take, you know, an hour, a few hours. And then in the afternoon, I'm just going to have a chill one. Or if you want to be social, invite your friends to you and they can yeah, join yeah. you Don't on take, the sofa. Take pride in that level of tiredness because you put some hard work in and that's mm. how I used to feel about it. I feel like, oh, I've, do, I've done some hard work here. So I'm, I'm going to revel in this rest because I've, mm. I've earned it. There, I mean, it is worth, we're not doctors, obviously. There's lots of anecdotal evidence of people who do feel really fatigued having things like iron deficiencies and so on. So it can be worth, if you are really concerned, getting kind of blood tests done to to check things like that. So it sort of depends on the level of exhaustion here. If it's literally like can't mm. peel yourself off the floor, then probably that's a little bit too tired. And like but you yeah. say, fueling straight away afterwards yes, exactly. as well, which is really important. Okay, Waijan from Singapore has got in contact. They're a relatively slow runner who will be running the first marathon in November at the Ravel Big Bear Marathon in California. Ooh, best of luck. Nice. That one is, sounds we've awesome. We've got some proper international yeah. listeners. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I have run two half marathons previously, two hours 50, two hours 40, both on my own during the pandemic, carrying my own hydration vest and gels. They currently run three to four times a week, total mileage of 30 to 40 kilometers. And they're looking through marathon plans that would be available 20 weeks before a race. So a couple of questions here. Really good marathon plans for slower runners, plus how long should their furthest long run be at this stage? This is a good question because uh, yeah. they've asked specifically of like time-based plans or ask for like a three hour long run or 20 miles, but they've said 20 miles will take about five hours, which I've talked to a lot of runners about this because mm. it is quite, if you are targeting like five hours or longer for a marathon, then that you do have to mm. think about this quite a lot because 20, there isn't 
you shouldn't really be going out and running a full 20 miles if you're going to be out for a really, really long period of time. Yeah, and, and, and similarly, the, the point here, I think, is that a lot of plans would say don't run much more than three hours mm. as your longest run, whatever distance that might be. Yeah. In this case, that is basically a half marathon. So is that enough to give you the confidence that you're then going to be able to complete the marathon? Probably not. So you might have to go a little bit further, but I definitely wouldn't worry about it too much. There are factors that will come into play on, on the race day, like you're not carrying your own stuff. You're surrounded by other people. Mm. You've got drink stations and all those other things to kind of help you along. You've got the adrenaline of race day and so on. Yeah. Um, but there's a balance to be struck between time on feet um, and how much distance you're going to have to actually have to actually have to cover on the day. That's tricky though, isn't it? It is, if yeah. You're, for, if, you're a, if you're running at those type of times. Yeah, because the hard thing is, is it's thinking about the recovery time. Mm. So like, yes, okay, you could go out and do the 20 miles. You will have built up to it. But actually, you then need to give yourself, your body enough time to recover to then be able to tackle the, the marathon. And that might be, you know, four or five weeks later. Yeah, the, yeah, the logic here is that having a long run that is three and a half, four or hours or more is, is going to take a long time to recover from. Mm. So I, I think that um, it's very difficult to advise without knowing the individual person and how much they're running during the week, for example. But looking to go slightly longer than that three hours does make sense to give you the confidence that you've run more than a half marathon in your longest run. But you're going to have to factor in the extra recovery that you'll need compared mm. to someone who say they're doing their longest run of 20 miles but only takes them three hours. You're going to have to factor in extra recovery before your race so you might need to do it earlier in the plan and then you might need to almost wipe clean the next 10 days of training where you're just going to jog around a little bit and, and treat those all as recovery runs but best of luck what a race yes incredible let us know how you get on super you have been listening to the running channel podcast could you do us a small favor leave us a review if you like what we're doing we'd love that uh, if you're watching on youtube give us a like maybe just drop us a comment send any of your questions or email into podcast at the running and we'll see you next time goodbye This episode was brought to you by Under Armour and their Infinite Elite Everyday Running Shoe, which has a focus on both comfort and endurance. So an ultra springy, responsive feel that protects your legs and keeps them feeling fresh, which is what Jess has been putting to the test as she's been training for over the last 12 weeks for taking on her ultimate ever 10K. And she's been focused on consistency. So being able to show up with those fresh legs every day and every week in order to put in the work and the recovery that she needs to do to run her best. If you want to check out the Under Armour Infinite Elite, head to the link in the show notes.